this talk of travel, I actually bought airfare to Louisville, Kentucky last night. Ah, uh, great place. Going down <laughs> in about two weeks for some concerts. I was my morning jacket, right? My morning jacket, correct. I was my. I, I just deleted it from my calendar because it said MMJ tentative. I just hit delete because yeah. I know I'm not going. <laughs> You're not going. Well, I was planning on driving. Yes. And then gas prices, I had planned them being a certain price in there. Well, well above what I had planned for, so it just made more sense to fly. You plan, you plan your gas prices. You have that much leverage. You can you can determine yeah, the gas yeah. prices. I am OPEC. <laughs> um, no, it's sixteen hundred miles. I was like, oh, I'll make a road trip out of it. You know, gas would be about this cost, and once airfare was cheaper than the gas cost, flying it is. So I may need a ride to the airport. That's fine. You know, man, I got you. All right. Well, we're rolling. Okay. All right. All right. Welcome to Tea with Fran. Fran. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Good, good. Justin, shall we ask? I'm okay. There he is. <laughs> okay. There he is. All right. We always like to touch back on uh, feedback we've re- received on prior episodes. I got a, I got a new one. It was Fran is a cutie. Oh, that's Ooh. nice. Wow. At 83. Ow, ow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, another Fran's voice is so relaxing. Oh. That's so nice. So we need you talking more, Fran. That's that's, that's, nice. that's really that's what the people are saying. All right. And then uh, a buddy of mine who was in sixth grade, I guess back in the the nineties or so, he said, "Fran sounds awesome." When was she a teacher? <laughs> I really hope she wasn't one of mine because I was probably a nightmare for oh. her. <laughs> so I'll give you that name later. Okay. And, uh, yes. You, you can run it back through your Rolodex and see if it was uh, a good student or not. But that was uh that was some of the feedback. We had left off with times we asking you what times maybe you were thrown into the fire. Right. And you wanted to think on it. You've moved a lot. How many states have you moved from? Nine states. Nine. Plenty. There's people that don't even go to nine states in their <laughs> lifetime. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so my life has been a bit stressful. So I had to think a long time, and I finally know exactly the answer to that question. All right. Uh, I think I said somewhere about the fact that I started a dance studio when I was really just a kid. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, as the children got better at their numbers that they were learning from me, um, the parents would sometimes stop to talk to me at the end of a class and they said they would really like it if we would have a recital. So I was 13 years old, planning a dance recital. I had 20 numbers and lots of kids. Wow. So we had to plan the costumes. And this is before like emails and oh, like all yeah. that stuff. Oh, like that, everything. Social media. No, I'm just thinking <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. it's so much easier now you can just send something out and like everybody has it. Now you have to like literally track people down but also parents weren't as big a helicopter parents as they are now. So what do you mean helicopter parents? Just parents that are, you know, get involved in all their kids' they're business. Hovering, yeah, hovering. They're hovering. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know that term. Well, they would come in and they would say, well, what are they going to wear, Francis? And my name was Francis at that time. I never sh- shortened it to Fran until I met Dan. So I started thinking about it. And of course, I had been dancing since I was three years old. 
in several dance studios. So I had to draw on that knowledge and I, I sketched off some costumes that were easy using leotards as the base. And then the rest we added on. And I was sitting on the floor, I still remember, sitting there and making drawing on newspaper and cutting them out and handing them to parents. And so the parents made their own costumes, all right? Wow. And then I had to find a parent that would help me like announce the numbers. And then I needed a parent to help me with the music. And the only music that we had were two little record players. And you had to get the needle on exactly the right one. Yeah. And so this was not easy. We did have a sound system because it was in the high school auditorium. Okay. So just, just so you remember that when you're going to put on a show, there's a lot to it. There's lighting, curtains, you know, the numbers you're teaching. Everything we're doing here, the lightings, yeah. the curtains. Yeah, all right. And, uh, and of course, you want the audience to have a good time. So the, we, we had invitation only. And, I, and in my book of my life, I have one of the invitations in there. Um, but this was the first one, too. And I was 13 years old. And everybody wanted to be sure that I danced at this particular recital. So I did two numbers, one early on, and then I closed the whole show. The and, opener and the closer. And uh, it was wonderful in that I had a standing ovation. So as hard as it was, and I can tell you, I, as a kid, I was just trying to put this all together in my mind. I talked to the principal, and the principal said, we're not going to charge you anything. We're just really proud of you. We think it's wonderful. So I didn't have to pay the janitor, but I had to have somebody to help with the lights. There were spotlights, um, and these were all parents who all volunteered to help me. Awesome. So, you know, I was really blessed in my life that I was surrounded by people that wanted to see me succeed. And I think this is really the story. Many times when you are in the middle of a crisis, you don't realize all the help that is available to you. You need to ask your friends, of course, ask family first, but then ask your friends and you will make it through. And the best way is just go straight through it. Don't try to like walk around or back up. Just keep going straight through it and you will succeed. That was that was the toughest one in my life. It's that dip, it's that ditch you're in that you gotta dig yourself out of, and then you get to that one, then it's another one, then you're constantly, it's the yeah. roller coaster just climbing up. Yeah. You hope it never comes, you know, crashing down. So I, I just wrote down what you said there. You were surrounded by people who wanted you to succeed. Yes. And how critical is that? I mean, that whole, like, you are the company you keep, like, yeah. you know, I'm fortunate enough that I've been surrounded by, you know, individuals like the both of you that want me to succeed. Yes. I want both of you to succeed. Yes. So it's so important that, you know, the people out there listening maybe take stock of those you surround yourself with. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And, you know, if someone is, you know, pulling you down more than lifting you up, that's something you gotta cut them loose. <laughs> take, take those scissors out, cut them loose. Yeah. You said that so easily. Oh man. Well, Let's uh, yeah. Let's get back into the uh, the traveling. Oh, one one note on dancing. Uh, my niece just had her first recital last weekend. I saw the pictures. <laughs> you you had the parents make their own yes uh, yes outfits yes. 
my uh, my niece's outfit, I think my brother told me, was $90 oh, for one dance number. Well, uh, you think about, like, I always think, too, like, the kids, the dress is one piece, right? So one piece for it's one it's one article. Yes, it's a lot because it's so small. The kids, the kids are so little. You know, they they eventually grow. But also clothes. Like I look at like like oh like I have a pair of shoes on. I have a pair of socks on. I have a pair, like um how much money is actually on me right now? You don't realize it. No. Until you count it. No. Sometimes I have cheap days. Sometimes I, I dress. I'm like this is pretty expensive. Yeah. So it's kind of feel like you know I treat myself to like a dance recital sometimes. You know I know. You gotta do it. It's yes. about you know because you look good and about feeling good. Do you feel like a dancing queen? Um, a great song. I love one of the, one of the best songs. Yes. Uh, but no, no. Can't dance. Okay. Can't dance for that. Mm, Mamma Mia. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. A $90. My bad. $90 dress. <laughs> Sorry. If Sean's listening to this, too bad. Just make her wear it as many times as you can before yeah. she grows out of it. Yeah. All right. Let's hop back into... Let's Tra- get some more traveling in. All right. There's so much to see and do. I know we mentioned China, but there were some things that kept coming back to me that I should have said about China when I was there. And I know that China has, has changed. Absolutely. You know, uh, it has changed a lot. But when I was there, I was impressed by certain things. And those are the ones, things that I want to share with you. Well, the first thing is that this was dessert every lunch and every dinner. And tell everyone what you're holding up. It is a mandarin orange. And your dessert is served this way. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it would be, wouldn't be wrapped for you. It was just no, put it, out in front uh, of you. It was on a little plate okay. because plates can easily be washed. They're very careful about recycling. Okay. So it would be on a plate, but I, this... Uh, could be recycled too, I mm-hmm. suppose. But you get to peel it as you talk, and you eat one plug at a time, and they're delicious. And they grow all over China. Now, one of the things for the people in China is that they understand that they're responsible for their own health. We don't think about that. We think that we can go to the doctor. They're responsible for our health. Yeah, great point. Okay, but they really learn from the time they're little. And that's one of the things I want to share with you. When I first arrived, um, I got to see children from, well, I saw babies too, but I went to a lot of the early learning centers. And uh, the children there were like two and three. And they had like a little towel pinned to their, their shirt. And I asked, you know, why do they all have these little towels? And they said, because you have to wash your hands. If you don't wash your hands, you are going to get sick. It's the things you touch and you touch your face or you touch the food you're going to eat. You're bringing all of that into your body and you will get sick. So from the time they're really little, the children are taught to wash their hands. Now, they make it easy. They have a lot of sinks and they're down low. They're on the outside of buildings. They're in the hall. They're not hidden away in a bathroom. And they're at the right height and they have really big bars of delicious soap. It smells good and it makes lots of good bubbles. And they probably all like natural too. They, it's really, and they wash their hands. The minute that they go back inside the building, they're washing their hands outside before they enter. So they don't bring anything that they might have touched or played with into the building to to dirty it up. 
you know, the things that we can't see can also kill us. I think we learned that the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they Ghosts. they talk about it. <laughs> they talk about really being careful, keeping your hands away from your face. Now, in the middle school, I noticed when I, I, I saw the sinks were out in the hall again. And I can still remember as a middle school teacher for many, many years, all of our sinks were in the bathroom. And then when you're lined up at the cafeteria and you're wanting to, you know, stay in line and get your lunch and get seated, nobody wants to break line and go into the bathroom. And people didn't want you to be in there because some trouble could start. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So we need to make it easier for kids to wash their hands before they eat I got, lunch. I got an idea. I mean, I remember going to school, we had the water fountains. So instead you got all these dirty kids running up yeah. with their dirty hands and their dirty mouths, yes. drinking out of these water fountains. It's like, yeah. swap them out, put a sink in. Put a sink right? in. It's you got the water running there anyway. Right. right. Why not? Right. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I noticed when I was in the schools, and I think this is an important thing to remember, is that food needs to be digested easily for you to use the food. And so I was so surprised. We walked into this, it was like seventh and eighth graders. And all the round tables, all the tables were round. None of them were the long ones like we have. And they had tablecloths on, real fabric tablecloths. I, I thought, what is this, a banquet? This is every day. When it's lunchtime, it's a special time. And the children all have their own chopsticks, and theirs are very fancy. They're not like the ones we get from the Chinese restaurants. And they bring them, and they come, and they sit down. And then the cafeteria people bring over bowls of food, like family style. And they all, they have plates that they put down, and then they pass these around. And then, remember the chopsticks? They don't want to use silverware because they want you to take smaller bites. Eat slower. And eat slower. Mm -hmm. And they also, this was an amazing thing, all the children got to eat with their friends at lunch every day. Now that's not the way we do it, you know, we do it so that your, it's your table, it's your room, your homeroom or whatever class you're coming from, so that that teacher keeps an eye on that table. Well, there weren't teachers walking around but very soft music, almost like chimes were playing. And all the kids were talking, but not loudly, just talking. And they were eating with their chopsticks and they didn't take, the people who wanted extra got to have some more. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there was like, somebody hit like a small bong, bong, just one sound. And they all cleaned up their area they took their plates, they went over to an area where they cleaned up, they had their chopsticks, which they put, they have a little pack with them, put their chopsticks. They're their own, they like bring them from they home, right? They bring them from okay. home and they're really nice. They're, they're ornate, they're very nice. And then they don't run back to class right away because that's part of the digestion time. So they have all these quiet activities. It looked like some of the kids were playing chess, sitting at a table out in the gardens. There are gardens at every school, really nice looking gardens. And the kids are all, some of them were just sitting and talking, sitting on the ground and just visiting and laughing. And, and I was just amazed at what I saw. Mm -hmm. Then I heard bong, a little soft bong, not loud. And they all quietly got up 
and they just walked to their next class. They didn't line up. They just walked to their class. And they walked quietly to their classes. And then on one day when I was there, we started to think because the schools were just so beautifully uh, done and ready for us that just maybe they had planned it so carefully. So we said, could we just stop at another school? Because we just saw a school. And so the bus driver said he would call and ask the principal if we could stop. And they said yes. So he backed up, turned around, and came to this school. And so the kids were not outside going, me how they were all in their classrooms. Mm -hmm. So we said that we just wanted to stop and visit a little bit. Could we just walk around? And he said, absolutely. And remember, he speaks with British accents. I could never get over that they, they learned their English with a British accent. It's beautiful. And what were the English. Yeah. What were the young kids calling you? Oh, grandmother. Grandmother. Dear grandmother. Yes, because of my gray hair. Yeah. But I could not believe what I saw. Yeah. We went into like a fourth grade classroom, right? And we first we stopped at the at the door because we didn't want to alarm anybody. The teacher had flash these different flashcards. She was doing some sort of a flashcard, and then people would raise their hand and answer. And she never looked at us. And the principal just said, go on in. So we went in and walked along the wall and went to the back of the classroom. No child looked at us. No child took their eyes off the teacher and the thing they were doing with the teacher. It would have been disrespectful. That's what they told us. And I didn't know. But when she finished, she clapped her hands and the children all stood up and turned around because they knew we were in the back. Yeah. And they all bowed to us. And the teacher said, welcome. We're so glad you're here. And then I said, how is this possible? How? Nobody stopped listening. Yeah. They paid attention. And they said, because it would be disrespectful. They never are disrespectful to the teacher. They also told me that there are the morning teachers and the afternoon teachers. They never have a teacher who stays all day. And the reason for that is they don't feel that the teacher could do her best job if she taught all day long the children in the afternoon. You're going to be burnt out. Yeah, it's not That's, fair to the other kids. Yeah, you're gonna be, well, this yeah. was a big surprise to me. I was just amazed at what I saw. But, you know, there are things here that we could do better. I know we could. Well, I mean, I, I'm just I'm fascinated by the fact that like even like as far as when you, you were talking about the lunch, like I remember, yeah, I mean, especially I mean, pretty much I mean, elementary school through like high school, they would have everyone's schedule would be different. So, so there are some people right after lunch, you're eating processed crap time for gym and you're outside running laps after eating just, you know, essentially garbage. Um, I always brought, I never bought lunch. I always, you know, I always brought lunch, but I always ate, I ate an apple every day. I don't think there was a day I didn't eat an apple. I still like to this day, apples and bananas. <laughs> Good. But, uh, Good. yeah, it's just, I mean, that, that, I like that little, like, yes. even I, when I work right after you eat lunch, everyone needs to chill out for a little bit. See, you wanna... yeah, you would have been amazed at what I yeah. saw. I'll never forget it. Um, uh, another thing that I wanted to mention is that. There were no toy stores in Beijing, and there were no toy stores in Nanjing. Now, 
I looked for them. That's where all the toys are made. That's where all the toys are made. Yes, they do. They <laughs> they got the kids making toys, but you can't play with the toys. Who do they make them for? America. Yep. What the, they do in China, the children create their toys. Their parents help them build them. They talk about what they want to play, and then they make them. But they don't go to a toy store and get them. Hmm. That's a very interesting thing to me. Um, another thing that I loved is that in all the parks... They had trash containers, all right? Never saw a piece of paper. I never saw any, anybody throw anything anywhere. All of them went in those, and I'll tell you why. They're all, they look like animals with their mouths wide open, and so the little children start always looking to feed the animals. If they find a piece of paper, they're delighted. They start to look for things they can pick up and feed the trash container. Wow. You know, so it starts when they're little. But I never saw anything anywhere that wasn't beautifully kept, immaculate. Um, oh, another thing that was interesting is that the children on different grade levels wore different colors. So you always knew, you know, okay, that, that person right there is in fourth grade because they're in blue. All right, the, the fifth graders might be in red, green, gray, all the, all the different colors. But one of the things I thought was interesting is when we get in, got into the high school, um, we would see some of the younger children like in the brighter colors sitting in those classes. So I asked, I said, why do we have these different colors in this classroom? And they said, because in China, every child moves at their own rate. They can, the ones who move quickly, they can go all the way and keep moving on up all the way till they graduate. Some of them graduate when they're very young. They graduate when they're like 14, and then they can go on to higher education. But I also saw in the lower grades one guy who was like in a gray outfit, and he was in a class with all the blues. And they said, well, that person has come back to hear a particular thing that's being taught because he's having problems with that particular math. Uh, and, and nobody teases. There's no bullying. There's no loss of face. Everybody just accepts that. And it, it's amazing. I thought it was. I came home and I thought about it for a long time. And, uh, and I've, I've continued to think about it. And I really wanted everyone to know that this does exist. Yeah, those are those are really great and interesting points. I wonder, you know, how much of it has changed. Yes, I don't know. But I really like that, you know, between last week and probably this week, just more time to reflect. Yes. And, you know, compare, contrast. Right. Those are a lot of great points. I don't I don't know how you would change the I system know. here. I don't I don't know either. All I know it's is that getting this is hard for people here. Yeah, I know. Well, I haven't told you about the dragon. You see the dragon on the table? Yeah, we got a... Right, what's this made out? It's like a burlap. No, it's yeah. some kind of rope. A rope. A rope. Okay. When I came home, I had a big dragon kite. Kites are really big in China. And I had one that I put in my classroom all the way across the ceiling. It was wonderful. But I, I really wanted a dragon in the house to always remind me that they, they teach the dragon. And the story is you never judge someone by the way they look. Mm -hmm. You judge a person by their hearts, by that person, the inner person. And he looks fierce and terrible,
but he's really not. He's a big teddy bear, essentially. He's a teddy yeah. bear. <laughs> but he could protect you. Oh, yeah. See, he cares about you. Mm -hmm. So if he had to use his teeth and claws, he could do it. But I think we should all really think about that and not judge by the outer person and judge by the inner. Yeah, I mean, that is just uh, just a simple way of living you know don't judge a book by its cover yes obviously we live in a society that judges a lot by appearances yes and it's tough to be mindful of that that you know what you see on the outside isn't necessarily reflected on the inside right it's not so respect everyone for the dragon they are i like that so you're calling everyone a beast everyone's just a beast <laughs> You're a big hairy beast, Kev. I, I know. I, my hair, I've, I think officially it's been two years since I've cut it. Oh, somebody called. Yeah, don't yeah, worry. That's all right. Fine. We're not going to worry about it. But yeah, two years. And at this point, I'm going to keep going until it's time to donate it. Good. I think that's great. So. When's it time to donate? If you donate right now. I don't know if it's long enough yet. You buzz it. You, Brandon, you got buzzers? You got clippers laying around? <laughs> You can do it right now. We we can do that as a uh, I don't know like some type of content on the cruise ship episode yeah. when we yeah. go on our cruise ship. When we go to Saint when we yeah. go to Saint John's, yep. we'll cut my hair. Yep. yep. Well, Fran, you um, you mentioned before the nine states. Yes. There is a story, a ghost story, actually. Yes. From one of those moves, mm -hmm. one of those states. Yes. It's not really a. Uh, a traveling story, but it, it came to you in your travels. That's right. So if you don't mind, can you share, I, can I, you share the ghost story? All right. <clears throat> I have not seen a ghost, but I do have to tell you about the special house in Minneapolis. It was the house of the year in 1920, and it had been built by a professor. And it was like a three-story house with leaded windows, five bedrooms, it was really a, a marvelous house. And down in the basement, uh, we had decided that we wanted to make it into uh, like a place, ping pong table, maybe a pool table, whatever well, the kids would like. Well, you'd say like. a rec room, right? A that rec was, room, yes. My parents would always say a rec room. Loved it growing up. It was leather couches. It was cool. <laughs> okay. Well, this is something we really wanted to do. And so after we got over our moving expenses and we were settling in and I was teaching and we finally, we found some nice young men that uh, they, they called them, they said they worked for fish. I don't know. The band? That, it I sounds like it. No. <laughs> but, no, but this was an organization that, that painted houses okay. and did construction. All right. And so I didn't tell them anything about the house because we had to adjust to this house. First of all, I should tell you how we got the house. I was selling our house in Atlanta, and Dan was in Minneapolis already starting his new job, and uh, he was going around with a realtor, and he said, I've got to find a house. I, we've got three boys. I want something where there's plenty of room for to uh, have friends in. And uh, she said, well, let's drive around, and you show me a house that you think your wife would like. So they're driving along the Minnehaha Parkway. And he said, that house right there intrigues me. And I think Fran would really like this house. So she said, well, let's find out if they'll sell it. And he couldn't believe this realtor. Knock on the door. Get the, out of your house. We're buying it. <laughs> she knocked on the door. And 
this very nice lady came to the door and said, you want to buy this house? And uh, and she said, well, we're, we're looking for a house, and we wondered if you are thinking of selling the house. She said, in fact, last night we decided we're going to sell our house. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so now... Coincidence. It was a coincidence. All right, Add so, some spooky music yeah, while she tells yeah. the story. All right, so <laughs> Dan said he wanted to walk through the house. He walked through the house. He loved the house. Lots of hardwood floors, and, and, and those leaded windows everywhere were beautiful. Mm -hmm. uh, and it looked across at the Minnehaha uh, Parkway, and there's a beautiful river that meanders down. Well, <laughs> they said, there's one thing we need to tell you about the house. This, the attic is locked. Oh, God. When we bought the house, we bought the house because the person had passed on. And they wanted to get the family wanted to get rid of the house. And they said that they would come back and clean out the attic. But we were never to open the door and go in the attic. So there's a big lock on it. I would, I'd be like, nice, but I'd be done. I'd be done. That's my part. Oh, there's a yeah, there's a well in the attic. Small child. <laughs> so Dan said, Well, we don't need it. We've got plenty of bedrooms. There's lots of room here. You Dan know. would brush off a <laughs> locked attic. And it was locked. <laughs> Did you know about that until after you bought it or before you bought it that the attic was Wait, locked? Well, I it has I think he had already signed the papers. Then he oh, he <laughs> then he told you when you moved it. Yeah, by the way, the attic. <laughs> It's got a padlock on it. Can't go in there. Keep the kids away. Oh, my God. But see, all the be all the bedrooms had plenty of uh, storage places and closets. And who needed the attic? We didn't need it anyway. All right. So we move in. All right. And a couple of nights, I heard crying. It sounded like somebody crying in a pillow with their face down in the pillow. Justin, what does that sound like? Sounds like me almost every night. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the first time, I didn't get out of bed. But the second time I heard it, I got up and walked down the hall. And when I got to the door that was locked, it sounded like it was in there. And uh, just a, a soft crying in a pillow. That's what it was like. So I went back to bed. And I, I just had to tell myself that, I was imagining it. Yeah. That's what you think, all right? So one of the bedrooms upstairs on that same level with the locked doors was an empty one. And uh, I liked that room. It had some, a lot of light coming in. And I said, that will be my sewing room. And of course, at that point, I wasn't making Dan's pants because he hadn't started wearing those. But I made a lot of the shirts for our, our boys. And I made my own clothes. And I made all the curtains. And I loved sewing. All right, here's my sewing room, all set up. And I, we had only been there a couple of months when this happened. But I was, I was cutting out shirts and making a big stack, so I was going to all of a sudden start to sew, and I would sew the same kind of seam on every one of them, just like a factory work kind of thing. I'm sitting there, and I hear this scraping noise on the table. And I look, <laughs> and it's... My scissors are moving across the table all by Justin, themselves. Put your leg by that. All by themselves. Let's get one more time of that scratch. <laughs> no. One more time. <laughs> no. I, I can never. I can't tell you how scared I was. I was so scared I didn't think I could run out of the room, but I did get out of the room and slammed the door. Okay. 
So I went back downstairs and I thought, I have got to find out more about this house. So I started. Oh God. So I well, I. This call, sounds like a horror movie. Fran. Well, this is like the step of a horror. Movie. I called this the this realtor, and she said, "Oh, there's a lot in the newspaper because it was the house of the year. It had been in the newspaper as you know being this ornate and beautiful house." So I um. I started reading about this house, and the guy who designed it and built it, this guy who was a professor used to walk back and forth. He paced back and forth in my sewing room. When he was working on a presentation, he walked and thought. But you downstairs, on certain nights, you could hear him walking back and forth in my sewing room. Uh, what day did you start drinking? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> But I didn't tell you about the guys who came to work in the basement. <laughs> I came home from the grocery store with my boys in the car and all the groceries. I pull up and my working guys are not in the basement working. They are sitting on the back steps. And I said, aren't you guys going to finish the basement? They said, we don't want to go back in there. While you were gone, the saw kept turning on and turning off. The water in the sink, because it was there was like the laundry room yeah. section, that would turn on and turn off. And they said, and then we heard just something banging, banging on the walls. And we said, we're not going to work here anymore. They ran out. So we never finished the basement. You got to find what contractor that was and leave them <laughs> a bad review. <laughs> But there were times when we would have company over and the lights would go very softly down and then they would come back up again and it would go over and over and people would say, what's wrong with your electricity? And I said, it's the house. The house is doing, they just want our attention. And when somebody would pull up on the street, on the Minnehaha Parkway and, and just park there to walk toward the front door, the doorbell would ring before they ever got there. And and that's so an efficient doorbell. I'll give them that. The doorbell thing's cool. Everything else, yeah, that's, that's way ahead of the time but for ring doorbells. But at what point were you and Dan? I'm sure you and Dan had to have a conversation where it's like, honey, like, what do we do? Like, well, it's just, is it, did you ever get, did it ever like try to like threaten you? Or? Well, I got holy water from the church and went around and sprinkled it all around in the house and, you know, said, you know, I, I don't know why you're here, but you're here. We're not going to do anything to hurt the house. We just need to live here for a while. And I just would talk to them as though they looked like you and me. Um, but never did it stop. When we left, we got a realtor to sell the house. Yeah. <laughs> I, so we moved away and I thought, I wonder how they're doing in that house. And what is going on there? I don't know, but I know where the house is. So I can tell you, yeah, uh, yeah, I trip. can tell you that ever since then, I I understand that there are things that we cannot see, but exist, and they do make sounds, and they do move things sometimes, and uh, I can't explain it. I don't know why it happens. Why aren't they off in heaven or wherever they're going? Why are they still here? I don't know. But I, it was 
a surprise in my life. And I have gone on in search of understanding why some souls seem to be trapped and are still here. I don't know. It's up to you. See if you can find out. Maybe they just like messing with people, right? They might. They might. They're just like, eh, we could prank people. They didn't hurt me. Yeah, that's those are good. You know, they never hurt me. They just good scared, confused. Soul. They just scared me. Good lost soul. So I, I also have a somewhat traveling spirit story okay I've, I've probably told you this but when i was living out in new mexico i was living in the canyon at the park i worked for frijoles canyon in a structure that was built by the ccc in like the early 40s and the inhabitants had lived there hundreds of years prior to that so when i moved out there i kept having like vivid dreams every single night just like this is it actually gets annoying to dream every night and to remember it i don't remember many now but it was like this is like you almost don't want to go to sleep because you know something <laughs> weird is going to happen yeah. <laughs> and as far as the spirit goes i woke up one night at least i think i was awake and i knew i was in my bed and i felt a presence over me like directly like very very close and i did what you were talking about where I just tried to communicate. I'm here for a short time. I'm, I mean, no harm. I'm just passing through. Like, I don't want any problems. It might've been, that was the first incident. It might've been the very next night. I'm dreaming wherever I am, this existence, another level plane, who knows? And my bed is right next to the front door of the casita I lived in and it's slightly cracked and I see like a shadow go past, you know, like how it does in movies. And I know to get up and I try to close the door to my casita and the door bursts open and this spirit being and I fight in the kitchen. And if I remember correctly, I was trying to like choke, choke it out. We're standing there like, bumping into things in the kitchen and it probably lasted a good 10, 15 seconds. And I don't remember how it ended, but it just ended. And those were the only two, two encounters that I had with that, the spirit. So maybe I fought them off or I don't know. Yeah. The next night I remember being very nervous to go to sleep. Yeah. And I'm just like, what, like, who am I fighting tonight? <laughs> And if I remember correctly, I had a dream about the Sopranos. <laughs> you know you're good after that. Yeah. Uh, Tony Soprano came in there and yeah. he kind of got, the, he got those that, demons out of there. Yeah. There are things out there that I, I guess can't be explained. And aren't there times too like where like the human like are, are, are we're like more susceptible like certain times of the day and certain like when you're sleeping, you're more vulnerable to spirits and like, and, like energies. Isn't that like a thing? I think so. Yeah. I feel like you would know. Yeah. Well, do you remember that I showed you a picture that a student took? Yeah. The and light I, went right off with, as soon as I picked, picked up the picture. That was terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I had this one student years and years ago in Lounsbury. And <clears throat> she said that her mother talked about all the children that played in the house during the day when everybody was gone. She said, the children, I hear children running and playing. Oh, wow. And, uh, and everybody said, oh, mom, come on, come on. You know, they didn't believe her. 
So one day when this little girl was taking a photography class at Camera Haven, she had black and white film in her little camera and she took a picture of her sister holding a dog yep. in the kitchen and right hanging in the air right beside this little girl and the dog was a cute little face, a darling little kid. And uh, that was a ghost. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> it was a ghost. I remember the story so clear. We were, we were, I was sitting over in the living room and we were talking about ghosts and aliens, whatever it was. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I like ghosts. Like, I, like, I used to have night terrors a lot, like when I was a kid. So, like, oh, no. ghosts, like, never, like, I always thought like night terrors and yeah. ghosts were, you know, related or whatever. Right. She's like, oh, you want, yeah, like, you want to believe? And she, like, opens up this box and hand passes me. She's, and she told me that story before. I took the photo out of her hand, the light behind. Me just went like flickered, like went off, came back on, and I just I came to the back. I'm like, here you go. I'm like I saw enough. Well, I asked this little girl if I could take this picture to Camera Haven and find out if it was a double exposure. Okay, they looked at it carefully. It was not a double exposure. Like, that's a ghost. I've he seen said, ghosts. That 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 right there is a ghost. He said, "There's I can't explain it. I don't know. I don't know." Crazy. So I love that this traveling episode turning into. A, Ghost stories. Yeah. No, I love it. Yeah, it I love I love dreams. For me, it's like free entertainment. And for, for like, I don't know, like past couple nights, I've been having some like pretty like probably more like nightmares. But like, I wake up and I like I wake up but kind of frantic. But I'm like, oh okay, like that was good. I didn't have to go pay to see a movie. It's free entertainment. But I remember one dream. Uh, Lizzie, Lizzie, you okay? Lizzie, Lizzie's trying to get our attention yeah, by coughing on you. Yeah, she's fine. She's yeah. good. She is good. So like, I have dream. Like, I'll have dreams where I like. I can like feel like pain. Like I, I got, I had a dream. I was at, I was at the beach. I thought it was like real life. Went out swimming in the ocean. And one thing I'm terrified of is like sharks. Hate sharks. Love the ocean. Hate sharks. Yes. So I get bumped and I it bumped again. And I look down and, or no, I get bit. And I get pulled down. As, as I'm looking down, I see like a bull shark. Just eyes roll back and I feel the flesh getting torn off my uh. legs. Like I, I'm like, I'm drowning too. And I thought I was dying. I and I woke up and my bed was soaked in sweat, like fever sweat. My, my like it was. I like changed my sheets. I was that hot. I don't know if I was maybe like had a fever and that like caused me to like hallucinate, but it was terrifying. Mm-hmm. But also, way better than Jaws. Oh. Way better than the movie Jaws. Oh, Experience Jaws. it. Uh, yeah. Well. Wild stuff. Dreams, yeah. ghosts. Yeah, we'll have to. I gotta. I gotta investigate that further because I feel like. Did you, do you have do either of you keep a dream book? I did a long time ago. I took a class on dreams and I used to write what I if you want to remember your dreams, you can do it. You just have to tell yourself mm-hmm. that you're going to do it and then you write it down the next morning. Yeah. But then the interpretation is so odd because everything represents something else. It's not like it's not just a movie about something that's going to happen to you mm-hmm. or something that has happened and and maybe this is a fear that you have. Mm-hmm. No, it's different because uh, I had a book about interpretation and I, I couldn't make sense Sigmund of it. Sigmund Freud has a book on dreams. I, yeah. I bought it. I haven't read it yet. Yeah, well, show. you'll see what you think. But I, I don't write down my dreams. I took a class on lucid dreaming. Which uh-huh. was cool. It was it was more concept of the person, but it was uh, it was about like it like pretty much trained you to like lucid dream. You went through techniques and stuff, and it was like about noticing cool. noticing <laughs> things in your life that like let's say 
your mom's a, a bad cook and you're in a dream and she cooks something it's delicious you have to pick up on subtle things throughout like your day to day and notice that uh-huh. um and um and like to mark your hand too like if you put a mark on your hand in, in your dream if you look if you make it a habit before you go to bed look at your hand look at the mark go to bed and then when you're in your dream you'll have a more likely you'll have a better chance of looking at your hand and seeing if that mark's there or not i love it i didn't so i don't know about I, that. I notice i notice like um like when I, I lucid dream often and the first thing I do when I have, whenever I have the opportunity to lucid dream, I fly. I, I just, I try and so sometimes <sighs> it won't let me and it's like frustrating. It's like, why can't, like, I know I'm dreaming. Like I could do whatever I want. I'm like, why won't it work? And you could control the flying? Yep. Because I remember having <sighs> dreams as a child of being on a trampoline and jumping and then jumping and then just going up forever. That's oh. awesome. But like getting, you know, understandably scared because i i wasn't yeah you get that feeling down. of i still get the yeah yeah i had a dream the other night where i flew i realized i was dreaming the first thing i did i jumped up and then i, I was over my house which was kind of weird it was oh, creepy I love so it, it was dark but it was dark and i'm like i'm yeah. like I, then i woke up i'm like it was strange you get some i get some cool dreams man that's a great yeah, dream wow. yeah good for you yeah Come on. maybe if you're out there listening and you have a dream journal or experience with dream journals Right into us. Yes, we'd love it. Tea with Franmail at gmail.com. We want to know. Yes, Connect we do. That would be great. Well, you mentioned how much you sew before, Fran. You and I went fabric shopping <laughs> the other day. We did. And I just want everyone out there listening to know that uh, fabric shopping might be the funnest way to spend a Saturday morning. It was great, wasn't it? That was that was great fun. And there's so many cool designs. Yes. And what do you make? Oh, you're making the uh New the curtains. curtains. Curtains for your, yeah, your, the your truck. truck. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We'll, show, we'll show you what I got after yeah. uh, after the show. Some good stuff. Lizzie wants some red pepper. Yeah. Okay. There she is goes. Is red pepper, peppers are probably good for yeah, dogs. Yeah, they are. They're good. She loves them. I know grapes are bad. Onions yeah. are bad. Yeah. Coffee's bad. <laughs> I love all three of those things. Chocolate is bad. Together. Oh, chocolate's bad. And they can't have right. that. Right. Okay. Well, I mentioned last week, I asked you guys if there was any particular person or moment or meal that kind of stuck out in your travels. And I thought about it for myself. And I wanted to share this kind of funny story. I was working at the state park years ago. And this girl came in and she was asking about places to record music in the park. And it was very, it was very Uh, cool. She was very nice. And I ended up giving her my number and then she texts me later. She goes, oh, that, you know, that place you recommended was so cool. Long story short, I ended up like meeting up with her. We went camping that night. She had said she had never gone camping that like before she was going to sleep in her car and she played the ukulele. Is this this a drifter? (laughs) She played the ukulele. I read her some of my poetry. We talked, we looked at the stars. And then we went our separate ways. And I saw her one more time after that because this is somebody that was just trying to like break out of the social molds yes. that are set for us. She was leaving to hike the Pacific Crest Trail. Oh. And the last time I saw her was at the park and she was training, if you will. Oh. She ended up going out there, hiking all of California, I think. Uh. And she used to tell me all the cool things she got into. Yeah. And the last time we spoke, she was going to move to Spain. 
to join their national lacrosse team so she could play in the Olympics. (laughs) What? (laughs) And uh, she in the Olympics? I don't know. I don't know. Lost touch with her after that. I mean, it's Uh. been many years since we spoke, but I like to think that when she thinks back to the first time she ever went camping, which she then spent a summer doing, it was with some some park ranger. So very, very cool person. There's a lot of cool people. Out there. there are a lot of cool people. There's a lot of cool people listening. Yes. There's a lot of cool people in here right now. You know and what I'm there's saying? a lot of cool people in this room right now. Absolutely. Well, I think... Uh, well, it's 50 minutes. Yeah. Oh, pretty yeah. good. All right. So, yeah, let, we'll, we'll cap the travel and the ghost stories for now. We can always revisit. Next week, we want to dive into a bunch of Fran mail that's backing up. But we want to remind everyone to connect with us on Instagram. T with Fran podcast on Instagram. And then there's the T with Fran mail Gmail account to write into us. We got some some good questions coming up, but we want to hear from from more of you. People keep telling me that they're going to write in, but they haven't. So here's your reminder to write in. And then Fran, you want to just touch base on the army of good past? All right. Well, I hope you're right. I hope that you are writing letters, Um, you know, something from your heart to someone that needs to get a letter. Think about it. Um, Sometimes it's people that you just take for granted that are in your life. Look around your township or or where you work. Um, Have you ever written a letter to the janitor for the building where your office might be and just thanked him for the, the, the beautiful job that's being done? And how nice it is when he says good morning or good evening when you're leaving. Uh, choose someone that isn't expecting to get a letter so you can surprise them with this very special gift. It doesn't take long, and it's a wonderful thing to do. I highly recommend it. And then the other army of good tasks that you uh, mentioned last week with the uh, donating. Oh, don't forget. Right now, it's a very tough time for a lot of families. Most of their money is going to put gas in the car. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and all of everything in the grocery store seems to be going up. It can be little, little bits or a lot all of a sudden. And some of the things are buy one, get one free. And when you have those, maybe you could take that extra one that you're getting and drop it off at a, a, a soup kitchen, a food bank, um, or even... If you get something for pets, you can stop at the animal control and leave something for the animals there. But just little things, we're not asking big things. And it will make all the difference if we all keep our eyes open and try to thank people and take care of people wherever we are. Yeah. All right. Army of good. Justin, anything? Till next time. Till next time. All right, everyone. You know what to do. Reach out to us, connect, yes. and take care. All right. And watch out for the ghosts. Yes, watch There's out. So many goddamn ghosts. <laughs>